Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silbert Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And we are in a very mild fall, which I'm appreciating because usually as we're talking now, there's snow on the ground and everything. But uh, I'm, I'm grateful that it's not mild. Not good for the hunters, Jason. That's okay. No, it isn't. It's okay. No. It's not, no. It's not that, you know. Hunting. We need snow for about two weeks and then it can go away <laughs> so that we can track the I mean, the there's deer. still time before gun season. I I saw the forecast for the beginning of the gun season. I think it's going to be 60 degrees and rainy. Oh, I hope so. That'd be yeah. great. That'd be oh, awesome. Man. That'd be a beautiful Thanksgiving. That's not a, yes, it would be, but it's not really a good hunting <laughs> season. It, we like a little little snow That's right. for hunting. That way it makes it a touch easier. Yeah, it doesn't have to be 40 below or anything, but just a little bit of snow would be nice. But Well, maybe you can have like the overnight snow. Like. Yeah. That way it's there in the morning. Okay, I'm with you. Let's have it go down to 20 at night, have a little snow, go to 60 during the day. Now we're talking. <laughs> Everybody's happy, Dave, you know. Yeah, you're a dopamine freak. <laughs> That's right. Hey, here, here, why did the chicken cross the road? Um, because it was being chased by a coyote. Because! That's a dad joke. <laughs> That's definitely a dad <laughs> That's a dad joke. But you totally know you're going to repeat it. Uh, I will. <laughs> and many of you listening are going to repeat that. Yeah. <laughs> it's my newest one that I love. Well, you have chickens. I know. It's great. And they don't cross the road, do they? If they do, it's because. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, when we look at our, uh, when we, we look at the young people we're working with, let's get onto a serious note here. <laughs> um, they do like jokes. And, and actually, I've never had a kid get upset with me for telling a dad joke, so. I don't know how bad maybe, they are. Maybe it's this millennial, you know, transitioning into into the older generation. That, that could stage. be. You know, who knows? You know, the the other thing that's really fun for me is to work with young people in a way where they they learn to enjoy and respect different ages. Yeah. You know, they see that I can enjoy them at their age and respect who they are, and they can do the same. I just told a class at Nicolet Bible Institute that one of the greatest testimonies that they could have actually when they go home at Thanksgiving and Christmas and those kinds of things is to really demonstrate uh, respect and love for their family. Yeah. Because it's just not out there. And mm-hmm. the family is a tool of God yeah. in our culture. I think if I were to look at the institutions that the that God created for the good of the, of people, it's it's obviously the institution of the church, institution of the family institution of government those are actually created in a way that that help man be civilized and work together yeah um and being a great example of that when i look at young people though i keep wondering why is it that our culture is so bent on self-destruction and suicide and depression and anxiety there are so many people when i when i hear their testimony or their story about their life it goes into the areas of anxiety, depression, um, suicidal thoughts, self-harm. You know, we live in a nation where we have plenty of comfort, we have plenty of food, we have plenty of entertainment. Mm -hmm. Why is it that we have so many dissatisfied people in life? That's my question. You know, and I think it's because our world has become so self-centric. Okay. And... I think media, and by media I mean social media, electronic media, like all of it plays into it. We've become this this kind of, it's like the game of comparison on steroids is what we've become. Mm-hmm. And so when you have young people that 
that have grown up constantly comparing themselves to other people in an unrealistic way because they, they look at an image or they look at a video and they say, oh, that's how it should be, but I'm not there without realizing that someone doctored that up. Right. You know, that's where then they, they, they start believing the lie enough that they trade it for the value of, of who they actually are. I, especially if they don't know the truth in the first place. Right. Because right. if you know the truth, you have something to balance the lie with. But yeah. if you don't know it. So if a young person today is in school and, and they, they think that actually they're an accidental blob of protoplasm, mm-hmm. they don't understand that God um, formed them while they were in their mother's womb, that he created them and crafted them while they were in their mother's womb. But, th- but they're actually, they believe that they're accidents. Yeah. Uh, when you look at that, you begin to, to realize, okay, if that's truly what you believe, then life is pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Or if you look at the world right now, in the last election that took place, there were states that uh, authorized abortion, and, and people were just cheering for the fact they could kill people, kill babies that, that aren't wanted. And I, and I think, okay, you, you keep cheapening life, and then you wonder why people are struggling with life. Yeah, God never does that in the Scriptures. He tells us that he's the creator and sustainer of all life, that he's the one, again, while we were in our mother's womb, he crafted us. He made us into who we are. What we need to do is, once again, get to balance the lies of the evil one with the truth that is in Scripture. And uh, I tell the students at Nicolay Bible Institute all the time, you, you basically have to understand that you can't trust your feelings. You have feelings, but that you can't trust them. Mm-hmm. They can come for various reasons. Uh, we just talked about the weather. I mean, you can get feelings because of weather, but there's truth in there as well. And the truth is, during Thanksgiving season, regardless of the weather, you get to see family. You get to spend time with them. And regardless of what's going on outside, Mm -hmm. that can be a precious thing. So, So you're excited about that time of year because of it. You may not like the weather. You may not like something else. But you're excited because of what you're going to do during that time period. I keep telling young people, you need to know the truth of God's word. And when you do, I promise you, if you know God and you know what the scriptures say and you live in that context, you won't be depressed and suicidal. You won't be because you'll be living the way that you were created to be. Absolutely. So one of the things I was reading about, I was reading a book. It's called Dopamine Nation. Dopamine Nation. Dopamine Nation. Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. So that particular title grabbed me. It's by Anna Lembeke, L-E-M. B-K-E, if I pronounce that right. She's a psychiatrist and the program director of a Stanford Addiction Medicine Fellowship and chief of the Stanford Addiction Medicine Dual Diagnosis Clinic. Say that five times fast, and you'll be able to get into her clinic for free. There you go. No, I'm I'm kidding. I I don't even know her. Um, But I'm not overly familiar with dopamine. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I haven't studied science. I just know that there are certain activities and certain things that flip a switch in your brain that make you feel really good and you want to go back and get it, like a good steak or or, yeah. or just comfort. You know, it, for me, the dopamine would be a good chocolate chip cookie. has to be crunchy. Crunchy? A crunchy chocolate chip cookie and sitting in a Lazy Boy and looking out at the birds at the feeder. Okay, now Dopamine City is right there. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Wow. Everything yeah. but the crunchy. Yeah, I like crunchy. Linda does not. She likes the softy. Yeah. I like the crunchy. But I, I do know that, that there's pleasure moments in life. Yeah. 
Now, what's interesting is that this particular researcher says that the same part of the brain that gives you dopamine is also the same part that has pain. Okay. And they balance each other. And they're supposed to balance each other. When you get them out of balance, you're in trouble. Okay. And I can see that in life. Yeah, it makes I, sense. I can, I can see it. Um, let, let me read just some from you. And you could be thinking about what I read, and, and I want to talk about how we actually practically maybe apply some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. She said, the price of pleasure is pain. That's the title of this particular section. Okay. It says, dopamine is a neurotransmitter that makes us feel pleasure. The addictive potential of any drug or behavior is measured by how much and how fast it triggers a dopamine release in the brain. The region of the brain that processes dopamine also processes pain. Lemke uses a metaphor of a balance to explain how they work together. When dopamine is released, the balance tips to the side of pleasure. The more and faster it tips, the more pleasure we feel. However... The balance wants to remain level. It does not want to tip too much to either side, so the balance self-regulates. This built-in system that seeks to maintain a balance between pleasure and pain is called the homostasis and is present in every living organism. Hmm. So you have this balance that, that your brain wants to create. So if all of a sudden I feel extremely, I, I you know, I eat a, two chocolate chip cookies yeah and so i get this really dopamine fix my brain wants to level that out so that i'm i'm not overly dopamined whatever that means mm-hmm. well in that process then the pain section starts to come up i'm thinking while i'm eating the cookie oh no i'm going to run out of cookies you know mm-hmm. so now i'm thinking about the pain side and and it tends to balance or i'm going to gain all this weight if i eat 48 cookies, you know, or whatever it might be. So it tends to balance it off somehow. So I, I, I picture in my brain a little balancing thing there. Yeah. Now, um, I, I'm going to keep reading here, and then we can talk about it. It says, pleasure has a price. If the balance tips towards pleasure for a long time and very intensely, it tries to self-regulate and tips to the same amount on the other side of pain. So she's saying that, People who uh, get a dopamine fix off of heroin, mm-hmm. uh, I'll just use that for example. So you get a little bit. Well, then your body tries to balance it off with pain. And then you, you say, well, I don't want that pain. So you take heroin again. So it longer it stays down, the more the pain side builds up. Yeah. And when you don't have it, you feel this excruciating pain mm-hmm. that only the dopamine can fix. Yeah. And so you become an addict. And then they call that tolerance because now you're, you're tolerant. So you have to take more and more heroin to get that because your body's fighting it more and more to keep it in balance. Yeah. And when you're not, when, the, when you're not on the dopamine, that other side starts to go way down because it's way heavier. This is my own analogy using a little scale. Isn't yeah. Yeah. It? It's so heavy that it's down there. Now, all of a sudden you're depressed, you're anxious, you know, and basically what, what she's saying is, you're basically living in a society that is so bent on pleasure and giving that dopamine fix that you don't realize the pain fix that is there as well. Yeah. And again, that starts to answer a little bit in my mind about why we are people who are in a nation that's so rich and a nation that has so much comfort, that has so much food, and we have so many people that are suicidal and depressed and angry. Yeah. 
because we keep going toward that little dopamine fix. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to read everything word for word from this book to you because that, first of all, will probably be illegal and I'll probably be in some jail somewhere for doing that. But <laughs> um, I, I do want to say that from reading it, what I understood is that, once again, God gives us these little moments where we can balance life. Right. And he likes a balanced life. So the idea is rather than going for those huge dopamine fixes, it's enjoy the pleasures that you have in the amount that you should enjoy them. For example, you're eating a good meal. To genuinely take a moment and allow yourself to acknowledge the fact that you eating a good meal is giving you a good signal and you're enjoying this and you're thankful for it. And, and it gives you that little dopamine fix. Now, when you give yourself that little pleasure, it doesn't swing way over to the other side. It's just normal. It'll just go back to balance without that swing. Right, yeah. So I was trying to explain it to some students where I was saying, so you go down and, and watch, a, watch a sunrise or a sunset. Go down to the lake is when I say go down. Go down to watch sunset down at the lake. Yeah. I said, what that does is it allows you to be excited about the fact that it's beautiful. You get to enjoy the beauty. You get to enjoy the fact that God loves you and painted that picture in the sky. And it gives you this very slight dopamine fix. Right. Because you're looking at it going, wow, that's really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Now, when we have to manufacture the enjoyable, that's when we get into trouble. Right. Rather than taking the time to enjoy the enjoyable. So I know in my life I've been very deliberately trying to uh, uh, consciously thank God for the things that I think I've been neglecting thanking him for. Mm. You know, I, I like thanking him for the fact that we live in the state of Wisconsin. We're safe, that we live in the, in the woods. We see birds. We see, we see animals. We see sunrises and sunsets. We, we get to enjoy the various seasons. Um, our home is heated. Mm -hmm. I get water when I turn on a faucet. All these little things that through the years I've thought, you know what? None of those things were tripping my little dopamine. None of them. Yeah. But take them away. Right. And see what happens. Then all of a sudden, when I turn on the water in the future, it'll be a pleasure. Mm -hmm. See, and in, in, in a culture that is so bent on pleasure, we have so many pleasures that come that before you know it, we have to have all these huge, huge pleasure things in order to be okay not realizing that that balance is going out of whack. Right. So I don't know if this makes sense at all or if, it, if you have any application to it, but it's, it's, it's what I've been thinking about lately and trying to help this next generation because I think they're all dopamine addicts. Right. And in the process, I'm also seeing the, the other side of it because um, I've explained it this way and my wife watches it for me and I've, I think you and I have talked about it. When I go speak somewhere... Mm -hmm. Um, I used to call it an adrenaline rush. You know, you go, you, you get really high, whatever it might be. It, by high, I mean you, you feel really good about the opportunities to speak. You go, you're excited, you're talking to people. And for us, it might be a, a Friday night you talk, a Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then everyone leaves. Mm -hmm. Yep. For you, you uh, in the summer, you start working right now, really, for the summer, and you start diligently thinking through the summer plans and and so your mind is there and you're gearing up and then you get to see it fulfilled in the summer so beginning of june you start seeing it fulfilled and all the way through july and august and then there's a day where all of a sudden everyone leaves mm -hmm. yep 
and the adrenaline and all the dopamine stuff just stops. Yeah. Now where are you? I call it your down period. Yep. And that's when people get in trouble. They need to realize that's when you get in trouble. Yeah. Um, my, my dad was a pastor, and on, on Sundays, pastors like Sunday. They're mm-hmm. up in his church. He got to speak in the morning, got to speak in the evening. You got to see the people. If you're a pastor, it's your day. Yeah. Monday is a tough day. Why? Because you are up all Sunday. You, your adrenaline was flowing. Your dopamine's flowing. Whatever it is, whatever you, you, you're, you're psyched for the day. Then Monday, you are struggling to get out of bed, and no matter what the temptation is, it can overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is recognize that your body does that. What, what my dad would need to do, and what he did, was he went back into the office on Monday. He didn't take Mondays off. Right. Why? Because you can go in and work your way right out of it. You're trying to get the balance back. Mm-hmm. So go do something that doesn't require your adrenaline, your your dopamine or whatever it might be, or feed your dopamine or whatever it is. And I'm probably messing it all up and all you medical people are going, Dave, you don't really grab it, but I'm doing the best I can. Here. <laughs> uh, but you go back and you open letters and you do stuff that doesn't take a lot of energy or or excitement because now you're bal- you're allowing yourself to balance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, young people get married. Okay, yeah. you get married. You look forward to it for who knows years, maybe. Yeah. Uh, at least months. You look forward to it. So you get married, and and man, that day, dopamine city. I mean mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah. It, you know you've just planned and and maybe throughout the honeymoon, dope. You, you know you're going to I don't know France to look at French things. <laughs> France. Uh, so you're looking at all these French things, going dopamine city, man. Right. <laughs> And then you come home, and it's like nobody's there. Yeah. You you just, before you went to France or wherever, you saw 500 people at your wedding, and they're all celebrating, mm-hmm. shouting your name, clinking glasses, Yahoo for you. It, so your brain is all full of that. And then honeymoon. Well, man, finally, we get to go away together, and we get to do, great. So then you come home. Everyone that does that needs to know there's going to be a low period right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and it, it shouldn't be a low period that destroys you because you recognize that you need to balance. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I think I think understanding that I think will help us go, you know, and it, even in attaining that balance, it's leaning on the thing that stays steady. Right. And I think that's the important thing. And, and that's where the perspective changes from having a relationship with God and understanding that versus just being like, I don't know if this author or this doctor is a believer or not, or if she's just assessing the facts or whatever it is. I mean, you can know this and and fight it from a very human side of it. Right. Oh, the balance. Or you can know it and understand like, all right, that means in those low moments, I need to lean on the one that isn't changing right you know and that's even biblical i mean you think of you know, there's a verse that comes to mind um psalm 16 it says therefore um no it's not therefore you make known to me the p- path of okay. life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are what pleasures forevermore right you know and not that you know it talks there's this word pleasure there you know why? Because that's in my mind whether or not there's a connection or not. But like as you talk about dopamine, it's like that pleasure category that we right. talked about—the things that really get us going. You know, knowing that God has created us to enjoy those things. God has created that balance in our head. 
But in that, it's doing that within the context of, you know, part of that balance is making sure that we, we remain our eyes focused on the thing that is steady. Right. So that when the balance isn't quite there, we can return to him. Why? Because at his right hands is pleasures forevermore. You know, he's the one who's created us. He understands us. He wants us to experience joy and pleasure. And that's why we need to, to constantly go back to him. And I think that's that's the, the final piece of the puzzle as we look at this. I yeah, think I, th- I think you need to always balance however you feel. I don't care how it is. I think you need to balance it with truth. Yeah. So, you, you know, you're always going to – you can look at somebody else and you can think, wow, they're stronger than I am, they're richer than I am. You know, I'm a nobody in this world. Well, you're comparing yourself to somebody else. What is the truth? Let's balance that right away. Yeah. The, the truth is – that the God who created the universe loves me. And I've said that already in the program. So now I remind myself of that. Now, instead of the negative that's overbalancing at that point, right? I just put a truth in there that balances it out. Absolutely. I haven't changed the fact that that guy's stronger than me. I haven't changed the fact that he has more money than me. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't changed that. Right. So, so what did I change? I just put truth in there. Absolutely. And, and that's what balances life, is yep. truth. And it's not like you ignore the fact. It, I'm not going to go through life lying and saying, I'm the strongest person in the world. If I'm getting my value from being a strong person, then that's going to fail anyway. Because yeah. there's always going to be somebody stronger. And not only that, I found out this really weird thing. As I get older, I, I lose strength. Hmm. Yeah. You know, at my age, I'm not as strong as I was when I was 25. Yeah. There you go. And, and everyone's on listening going, yeah, really, we know that. But, you know, I mean, you live through it. And you go, well, if I was always looking at somebody who could offer more physically, or I'd be depressed and angry. I'd, I'd be thinking, look at what happens to me. Yeah. You know, even as, as you do age, and you can use that for uh, uh, illustration if you want. When you age, you're sitting there th- thinking, boy, I, I wasn't what I used to be. Yeah. That could bother you. Or it could be, well, you know, though, I have more life experience to offer. I have different ways that I can serve. I have better ways that I can serve now than I did then. Back then, I could dig a ditch all day. Well, I can't dig a ditch all day anymore. My shoulders won't let me. So instead, I can do podcasts maybe. Or I could do, I could do something else yeah. in, in that process. Um, begin to balance life because I'm t- taking the truths and balancing them. Absolutely. And I think it helps us even as we face the, the unknowns. You know, because obviously life throws different circumstances at, you know, and, and, and life happens. And so when you have the moments that, that, that strike up the dopamine, great. But then you, when you have the moments or the situations that all of a sudden it's like, wow, maybe it's a loss of a loved one or something that comes out of nowhere. If you hang on to the truth, it'll help you balance it out. Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's, that's the thing I want, you know, you as a listener to understand is the, the importance of your ongoing relationship with God is that. You know, as we look at life, we want to do it the easy way. Well, well, part of knowing the truth is taking the time to actually know the truth. If you, you know, think you could just go out there and, and, and do all this other stuff, you know, wake up, go to work or go to school, come home, sit down, have dinner, watch TV, binge whatever it is and go to bed. And you never even get to know more of who God is. How are you going to know the truth? Yeah. You know, I think the biggest battle that, that you face is on a regular basis exposing yourself to the truth of Scripture and having daily time with with him. There's a reason it's hard. Why? Because Satan doesn't want you to do it. But that's how you get to know the truth, and then that's it's through that truth that we can help balance ourselves in understanding, oh, hi, great, oh, this is a low, but I can go back to, to the one that understands the most. Yeah. 
you know, I, I one day God can tell us how he created all the dopamine and all the other stuff with it and how it works. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's more always of how we're talking now is, is how I can balance what's going on in my life and not trust things to give me the satisfaction in life that shouldn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can like a, a nice supper. I can like I can like a nice well, you like pizza. I like pizza. So we yeah. can like it. You know, we can say I really like a pizza. But if we have to have that pizza to be OK. Right. That's where the dopamine stuff that we have to start thinking, because now all of a sudden we're realizing that we're, we're artificially creating these pleasure moments. Yeah. I don't need to artificially create it. I can actually enjoy a pizza, but not have it so that I have to have the pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, I can enjoy the sunrise and the sunset. And, and again, the more in life that I do where I acknowledge the fact that God has provided for me in little things, the less I want the really big fix. Right. So if you come to me today and you go, how are you doing? I go, great. Do, do you realize I've been watching this flock of geese and how God made the? I'm doing great. I'm watching this flock of geese and wow, look at them. Yeah. I got this pleasure from watching how God created something. And you're thinking, yeah, the world's falling apart and all this kind of stuff, and you're looking at geese. There you go. Well, I know it's not a big thing, but I have all these moments in life right now where I can enjoy being alive. Yeah. And and it's balanced with all the, there's a war in Israel, there's Hamas, there's, I understand all that. But I also have this other side where I see my Heavenly Father in all these things that he created, and that balances my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I realize there's going to be evil. I mean, I, I forget who it was who was talking to me and saying, you know, how much more can you do at Silver Birch Ranch in the future? You know, it's kind of like you'll run out of resources. And I, my first response was, yeah, on a human side, you're right. But on the other side, my Heavenly Father never runs out of resources. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't know whether we should go forward or not with some things half the time. But the truth is, here's what I know for true, is that, that God doesn't run out of resources. Mm-hmm. So what, now I, the, the, what I need to do is seek what he wants us to do, not seek what I want to do or whatever it might be. And if it's really his plan, he'll take care of the resources. And that's really where the confidence comes in. So what I did is I balanced a fear mm-hmm. with a truth. Right. I'm not going to say that for sure 100% Dave Wager knows we should build this building or buy this truck for camp or whatever else. I'm just balancing the fear with something that's true, and that balances life. And, and I think all believers should go to the point in life where they look for those simple things in life to acknowledge and thank the Lord for. I mean, you, you raise chickens, mm-hmm. so you get eggs. Yeah. How hard is it to just be thankful that you picked up an egg? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think of the whole process of getting the egg. Right. And now God's provided for your family. Mm-hmm. And... That little moment of joy is something that balances all the other junk in the world because what you're doing is seeing the provision of Almighty God where some people, all that's eclipsed by all the troubles of the world. And so then they have to try and falsely get their dopamine fix. And they might do it through alcohol, sex, drugs, whatever it might be. And and then they say, well, I feel good for a moment. Hmm rather than living life understanding the balance that God created us to actually understand. Yeah, and the way that he meant it to be. And that's the important thing. And so hopefully it challenges the way that you uh, are looking at life and and even looking at the way that you view it. And, And I encourage you to think of the simple things in your life. 
to help balance it out. And, and maybe it challenges you in a way where you know that you're leaning on something too much for that fix to balance things out. And so maybe you just need some help or a friend to come alongside you to help break that addiction or break that, that struggle. And so don't allow this to, to um, paralyze you. Rather, use it as a motivation to change things. And I thank you for joining us today on our discussion today. Um, and I encourage you to, to check back in. But this is Jason Dave here on the Younger and Older. We'll take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.